Welcome back, everybody. This is your weekend wrap-up on the Break the Bell podcast. Hello, beautiful bell breakers. Bill. Yes. It's good to have you back. Thank you. It's good to be back. It's good to see that you survived your birthday nonsense, your birthday madness. It, it was close last night. Yeah. That, that yeah. Did made you get, it. I mean, I was with you, but yes. I was pretty fucked up myself. <laughs> you so, um, Was yeah. you pretty messed up? I, I was by the end of the night, yeah. 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 So I, I was still feeling good when you left, mm-hmm. but um, and then I, I put myself over that. So. Yeah, yeah, I, I knew I was to the point where I'm just like, yeah, I, I'm gonna go home. Yeah, it's it's time to go home. Then I came home and just sat down, and I was like, I'm gonna watch something. And my wife walked out of the room, and she comes back, and I was already asleep. She's like, just go to bed. I'm like, yeah, yeah you're probably right. I Get out of my sight. <laughs> so good, fun-filled birthday week for yeah, you. It you're, was. I mean, you keep telling me that you're going to, you're not going to die of old age. You're going to go out in like a blaze of glory. Oh, yeah. I'm still waiting for that blaze of glory. Well, I I have a couple more years. Okay. (laughs) All right. We'll go with that. So my my daughter's convinced I'm going to die soon. (laughs) Apparently 46 is the... uh, It's the new 86? Basically, yes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Why does she think you're going to (laughs) die? I don't know. She just is like, you know, she's like... I wish you weren't 46, Dad. Just I so wish you could old. be around longer. <laughs> it's not like you're like a 75-year-old man having children. <laughs> That's insane. That's funny to me. My kids think I'm pretty old, too, though. So, yeah. but And I'm only 36. So right. just imagine what they're going to think when I I'm know. 46. They're going to be like, good God, Dad. Dad, we, we picked out some rest homes for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, the crazy thing is when I'm 46, my kid's gonna oldest is going to be like 23. That's crazy. So that's really bizarre to me. So Yeah. Oh, getting old. We got so much to look forward to. We do. We do. We still got I still got to take my flying lessons so that we can all that, yeah. that'll be our blaze of glory. <laughs> I mean, I I'm on board. I am literally on board. So, um if you're flying, I'm there and we're just going to go out together because that I mean, works. we can't Yeah. Well, I mean, we always argue who's going to die first, so That's true. I mean, we can just solve that right away if we both die together. That's true. Yeah. And then one of us like survives for a couple couple seconds it's like you son of a bitch (laughs) (laughs) and then i die too yeah so this is your weekend wrap-up like i said we are not here to talk about bill's birthday but bill wasn't here last week he bailed on us for his birthday so we have to kind of cover all those things we do did you get nice lovely presents i did i got a lot of good stuff Uh, and and you you and a co-worker uh got me ninja stars oh yeah on friday which was nice and so we got to practice on the wall yes yes we had to put holes in the wall i (laughs) mean we did what else are ninja stars good for unless you're throwing them at people right yeah we didn't want to throw them at each i mean we kind of did want to throw them at each other right but a little bit but we we refrained. Yes, surprisingly, we refrained. <laughs> wow, well, I wonder what these look like in skin. <laughs> you're lucky. Yeah, we're we're both lucky. You didn't bring those out to the party oh my yesterday. Gosh, that, yes, we would have definitely been dead. <laughs> and the person who was throwing the party would have probably. Like, I, I was going to say, I I don't think she would have allowed that to happen. <laughs> but she would have like lost it. <laughs> <Yeah>. So, <laughs> so how's everybody doing out there? There's. I mean, plenty of shit going on this week. It is. But it's always the same shit. It is. Yeah, it seems like it's it's a rehash. And so even yeah. when we're talking, we're like, ah, do we want to mention this? Yeah, it's like, well, it's new, but it's not yeah. new. It's like the same shit, just a different name, a different title. Real quick, you know how yesterday I had said that uh, my, my Steelers were playing the, uh, the winless Lions, and mm-hmm. so it probably was not going to be a good game for us. How'd it go? So last night, I guess Ben Roethlisberger, our quarterback, tested positive for COVID, so he was not able to play. Well, I mean, you said they'd probably do better off without him anyway. So well, I I, I changed that because they've been on a win streak the last oh, okay. four weeks. And uh, anyways, they they tied, they tied the Lions. You can tie in football. Yes, you can. There's not like overtime in football. There is overtime. There's one overtime, but if no one maintain or go you know scores within that overtime period then it's a tie that's bizarre is that a covid thing or is that always how no, it's been? that's well huh. yeah it's always been like that because i know baseball just keeps on going yeah. forever until it ends it can go like 20 innings and just yeah. not ever end so yeah i don't i you know i think back in the 70s i think it was i think i seem to think that they had like double overtime games yeah i it's probably just because nfl players are bitches compared to <laughs> baseball players so yeah. Clearly, that's the only thing that makes sense. The only reason why they want to have an infinite amount of overtime. Yeah. I, I just say play until it ends. Right? College. Last man standing. I don't know how college does it. Is it the same in college? I think so, yeah. I know in high school they do like 
like a sudden death type thing. Right. Well, they do like uh, they'd start you out on like really close yard line right, or something. Right, like the twenty yard line. Yeah, and then you get a shot, and then the other team would get a yeah. shot. And who if if they didn't score, then it would go again. And mm-hmm. I mean, I've seen high school football, at least in Illinois, where I went to high school, go a couple different over, like a few yeah. overtimes. But I don't know. I don't pay that much attention to football anymore. Yeah. No, I know. I know. But it, yeah. So we didn't lose, but we did tie. You didn't lose, but you didn't win. Exactly. Which, if you're not first, then you're last. Well, yeah. And when you tie with the winless last place team, then. Then that's it, bad. That's yeah, really bad. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Well, before we get into the show with this episode, we got to obviously mention our coffee fix of freedom. That is Run Your Mouth Coffee. Uh, they they probably like baseball more than football because it's the American so? sport. I mean, it's America. Yeah, yeah, football is America. And I know John Odermatt likes baseball. He's yeah. a he's a Pittsburgh fan, which they're, uh, they're, Pirates fan. They're they're absolutely god awful and they're on their own. So he he hates himself. I'm sure <laughs> that's why. Um, you should be a real fan, be a Cardinals fan. That's all I got to say to that. But run your mouth, coffee. They they support all the great American things, all the great American traditions like baseball and you know like free speech and yes. constitutional rights and absolutely. personal liberties and all that stuff. Yeah. And they make delicious coffee. Absolutely. And I was, I I brought up the point that. Coffee's not communist to my brother on a bonus episode last week when I was testing out the software. And he's like, yeah. actually, um, if you think about it, like high end coffee is pretty communist because you always get the like the the lefty hipsters that are, are drinking. I was like, God damn it, you just ruined our <laughs> our one claim to Yes. That's so we gotta change our thing now. <laughs> yeah. Don't be communist like most coffees. <laughs> Drink real coffee. Yeah. Drink good, delicious American coffee. Non-communist coffee delivered fresh to your door. Go to rymcoffee.com. Tell them we sent you by using the promo code Break the Bell. That's all one word, no spaces, none of that bullshit. Just break the bell. Yeah. You'll get ten percent off your order, plus free shipping, and that's great. So and it's American. It is American. Drink coffee. Don't be a communist. Yeah, and with Christmas around the corner, and make yeah, a great gift. Definitely. I, so. I haven't checked out their site in a while. I wonder if they have like different Christmas gift options and stuff. I'm going to have yeah, to check them out beforehand should, yeah. so we can do do a better job at this. <laughs> RYMCoffee.com. That's all. Let's get into the show, Bill. We got a few things to talk about. Again, yeah. things that are like new but the same old shit. Right. Like a new COVID variant found in France. Of course it would be France. Obviously France. Yes. I mean, where else would you find it? And you know they're probably like Turn into little bitches about oh, it too. Yeah, yeah. I gotta share the screen. Give me just a second. So, what do you think of all these variants that keep popping up? Well, I, I we talked about. I mean, we you know, was it something that something totally different? Mm. You know, or is it something where it's a mutation because of the vaccines? Well, there's all kinds of different COVID yeah. variants that aren't COVID nineteen. So right. is this just different COVID? Well, yeah. I mean, it could be. It could be. You know, some kind of different cold or something. Like, you know, and or like SAR, MERS or SARS or whatever. Right. Those are all coronaviruses. Yeah. But everything now is oh, it's a new COVID nineteen yeah. variant. No, it's just another yeah. variant right. of something. Yeah. That we obviously now that uh, COVID nineteen has been a thing. Now everything's got to tie back to that. Absolutely. Obviously. So I'm yeah. going to pull up this article. This is from the Jerusalem Post. We don't usually read too much about no, the Jerusalem Post, but we might as well. It says, new COVID va- variant found in France. Reason for panic or not quite yet? And if you think about, like, the common the common flu, yeah, we get new variants of that every year. Right. And, and they, t- they mutate because of your body's mm-hmm. immunity system or different, uh, genetics. different genetics or yeah. mutate because of, like, vaccines and stuff. And normally when they mutate... They are mutating so that they can survive. Right. And yeah. if a virus kills you instantly, the survivable rate of the virus is not very high. Right. So most of the time when they mutate over and over and over again, they get to the point where they're less deadly because of that reason. Right. Because um, the virus goes into like survival mode on its own. It's mm-hmm. like, well, shit, that didn't work. <laughs> Pull it's back. Like, Let's pull it back. Some like, guys. All right, all right. We we <laughs> kind of overstepped this a little bit. So I we got to dial it down a notch so we can actually survive this. So now that we're like what eight variants in, you, uh, yeah. My guess it's going to start getting a little bit less deadly. Yeah. 
But, you know... Maybe a little more transmissible, like kind of how Delta was, but yeah. a little less deadly. Well, what's irritating about it, though, is, like you said, the flu mutates every year, mm-hmm. right? But you don't see headlines about it every year. No. Whereas with COVID, you know, it, it it's going to keep changing, and are we going to have to hear about it every time? Yes, they're every like, single variant. We're well, gonna... there's a new COVID variant. Oh, yeah, 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 we know. <laughs> we, we know this happens. <laughs> so it says the spike protein of the variant known as B1640 has... Some unprecedented mutation. Unprecedented. The year, word of the year. Yes. So obviously we got to get a little computer-generated graphic that of course probably is that actual size. Uh, yes, that that's <laughs> literal. That is literally what size this virus is. The size of a half dollar. Okay. Like a a freaking JFK half dollar, <laughs> and it just like smashes into your face and, and like and and just like yeah, just eats into your flesh. Okay. A new COVID variant. <laughs> If you believe that, don't believe anything we say. <laughs> I don't want to be somebody get on here oh and be like, gosh. that's not true at all. That's not how viruses work. They are not that big. <laughs> you guys need to check yourself. You are spreading disinformation. Yes, yes, yeah. I know. Intentionally yes. spreading disinformation. New COVID variant, sorry. <laughs> New COVID variant identified in a handful of European countries is raising concerns among some health professionals because there are changes to the coronavirus spike pr- protein that have never been seen before. Hmm. It's usually how mutations work. Right. The variant known as B1X or B1640, that doesn't even get a cool name I like know. Delta or Right. And they couldn't have ran their way through the whole alpha, phonetic alphabet, not. you know. No. It says it was first reported by French paper Le Telegram after <laughs> it infected Was that good? It's like, that was really good. I like Le Telegram. Which kind of rolls off the tongue. It's the French Language not sound like the douchiest language. No. It's la telegram. <laughs> After it... <laughs> okay. <laughs> Focus. <laughs> Was first reported in the French paper, la telegram, after it infected 24 people at a French school in the Brittany region last month. When the variant was discovered in France, the school at which the outbreak occurred was forced to close half of its classes. La Telegram reported. They're going to make me say this over and <laughs> they over. They are, yep. Although the situation is now under control and no cases have been found in France since October 26, the French regional health agency said the variant remains under surveillance. It's probably like contaminated water. Probably something <laughs> stupid like that. Says a handful of cases also discovered in the UK, Switzerland, Scotland, and Italy, although, although the Delta variant and its descendants continue to be the most dominant strain. Them damned descendants of Delta. Bar Ilan University professor, professor Cyril Cohen, I wonder if he's related to Spike Cohen, uh, was, who is originally from France and regularly interviews and consults with French health officials, explained that B1640 variant has unprecedented mutations. One in particular has drawn attention, the spike protein, which is what allows the virus to cling to the human cell and start the infection pro- process, has some deletions. So there's less spike proteins okay. in this. And the spike proteins are what grabs onto the human right. cells and starts the infection. It says, gotcha. the question is whether this will make the virus more or less infectious. Don't you think that... Two and two equals four, and right. that would be yeah. it. Would make it less infectious if so. there's less things to grab to bond onto. onto. Yeah, that uh, makes sense to me. Unless they turn into like super oh. spike proteins, yeah, and then they're super clingy. Yeah, <laughs> nobody likes super <laughs> no. clingy, and they they grab on even harder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Maybe like it, a thousand messages. Yeah, to me that would say it's got to make it less infectious. But I'm I not, I'm not so. a virologist, right, right, so yeah. what do, what the fuck do I know? Right. The variant is believed to have emanated from Africa, a scenario Cohen said health experts are afraid of, and that highlights the need for vaccine equality. This variant exemplifies that if you leave some of the world's population without access to vaccines, then the virus will continue to multiply, and it will lead to more variants. There you go. Guess what, people? There has been ample access to flu vaccines for decades now, Mm -hmm. and like we said four or five minutes ago... The flu vaccine keeps mutating every single year. And vaccines kind of contribute to that yeah. that mutation because they're like, ah, shit, that didn't work. They they shot us up with this vac- right. vaccine, so we're going to have to find a way mm-hmm. around that. So that's why you have to get a new flu vaccine every year right. for all the new variants. So when they say, 
oh, uh, without people having access to vaccines, the virus is going to continue to mutate and multiply. Which isn't that like one of the big things that the G20 worked on was like, how can we give vaccines to all Mm. the third world countries? Yeah. You think this is just like them trying to like poke th- push that a little bit oh, more? Yeah, be absolutely. Like, well, we need to get more vaccines going, guys. We keep getting new mutations. Yeah. So it goes on to say a Q4 global forecast report published last week by the Economist Intelligence Unit highlighted that while mostly developed countries have successfully vaccinated large swaths of their citizens, swaths. most developing countries have made only negligible progress. Mm. The report specifically highlights. The failures of Africa's vaccination drive, whereas of late October, only 6% of the population in Africa states is vaccinated against COVID. The cause of such low vaccine rates is well known. Despite recent improvements, global production continues to lag behind with developing countries facing long delays in accessing vaccines. Moreover, moreover, even if vaccines were delivered, African countries would be challenged in rolling them out, the report says, mainly for logistical reasons. Not giving vaccines to these countries may seem okay in the short term, but in the long term we might have new variants that are problematic that develop in unvaccinated countries. Hmm. I don't want to frighten people, he said. There are just a few cases of B1640 now, and it could be very well be that in a month we could all forget about this variant. But it's an example of what could happen if there isn't access to vaccines for everyone. So in other words, this isn't a big deal. Right, yeah. Like, they're playing this thing up to play on our fears. Right. Yes, there was, like, an outbreak at a school, but nobody's really seen anything about it since then, so... It doesn't say anything about, like, deaths or hospitalizations. No, it just said they had to close down half the school. Yeah, right. That's it. That's all it says. If it was that big of a deal, they would have reported... Hospitalizations, oh, yeah. deaths, like they do, all these, all these concerns, but yeah. it doesn't sound like there was a single one. Right. So, fantastic, we got another variant. Yeah. And they're going to keep bringing up every single one. It's like, but we gotta, we gotta watch out for. We gotta keep an eye on this yeah. because of the low vaccine rates right. in Africa. Yeah. yeah. If Africa just got more vaccinations, this probably would never would have happened. Good job, Africa. Or maybe if. Uh, Developed countries stop testing shit in Africa on the poor right. people. I don't yeah. know. I'm not saying that's what happens, <laughs> right. but looking at you, Pfizer. maybe. Yeah, maybe we should stop using them as guinea pigs over there. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's why. Is that why? Uh, um, Guinea is uh, <laughs> probably the name of is guinea pigs. Like exactly how, where guinea it. pigs came from? Did that name come before Fauci? Did, I don't know. Maybe I'm not sure. <laughs> God, let's move on. A lot of uh, European countries are cracking down harder right. on – they're ramping up restrictions when they were backing down on some of them. Um, they're shutting things down when they had opened things back up. And I don't know. Does that mean – I mean, is, is COVID getting worse over there again or what's going on? You know, it's – the problem is it's, it's, it's flu season, right? Yeah. Oh, is that a thing? Is that still a thing? I thought oh, we eradicated you know, flu. I'm, it, it is hard to say that, you know, because last year there was no flu anywhere. Mm-hmm. But it, it's like, you know, so people start showing up coughing, fever, sneezing, whatever. And all of a sudden it's assumed, wow, they have COVID, mm-hmm. right? So they go and they get tested. They probably have antibodies in because they probably have had COVID at some point. Yeah. And they automatically say, well, it's COVID. You better, we better lock down. Yeah. You know? And. Like you said, last year, uh, the flu cases were down like 600% or something right? like that. I know. It was like, amazing. Where the fuck did the flu? Right. Well, that's the one good thing, I guess, that came out of COVID-19 yeah. is the flu. I know. Just... Maybe COVID like, kicked the ass of the flu, and the flu was afraid to that. come around. Yeah. I, I think we actually talked about that, and we're like, <laughs> COVID-19 like, like fought it out with the flu and yeah, won. And, right. And the flu's afraid to come around here now. Yes. <laughs> it's like, fuck, those guys, they're crazy. <laughs> Let's move on, guys. Let's let's get out of here. Let's let's go somewhere else. Let's go to Taiwan, yeah. like the, <laughs> the Republic of China. Uh, that's a that's a really bad China joke. <laughs> so Austria apparently is ordering that they're ordering a lockdown, a COVID nineteen lockdown, but only for the non vaccinated people. Oh, of course. You know because uh, the vaccinated can't transmit it no, anymore, no. and they can't get infected Absolutely. with it anymore. So. Obviously, we only need to lock down the right. vaccinated pe- or the unvaccinated people. Right. 
So, makes sense. Yeah. In Vienna, it says, uh, Austria is placing millions of people not fully vaccinated. So, it's not even just the unvaccinated. Right. It's the not fully vaccinated Right, so they people. could have one jab, and yeah. they still would be locked down. Yep. Not fully vaccinated against the coronavirus on lockdown as of Monday to deal with a surge in infections to record uh, to record levels. Apparently, record level infections didn't know it, about it, that. Is but. it the uh, kind that they got from France? Because they're like neighbors. Yeah, I don't know. They, it doesn't say. But Chancellor Alexander Schallenberg said on Sunday, he was the one that made this order. He says, we must raise the vaccination rate. It is shamefully low. Schallenberg told a news conference announcing the new measures after a video call with the governors of Austria's nine provinces. Roughly 65% of the population is fully vaccinated. That's actually not that bad. That's not bad at all. <laughs> Says one of the lowest rates, though, in Western Europe. Reporting by Francois Murphy. Edited by Andrew Cawthorn. Who cares? So that's all this article says. Huh. It just says they are locking down the unvaccinated and... The chancellor said so. Okay. That's it. Okay. And they should really be careful about, you know, that kind of stuff, being Austrian and all. Now, do you think? Yeah, that's a good point. (laughs) (laughs) It's a little, I mean, you should worry about some of these, like, forced medical traditions there in Austria for various historical reasons. Yeah. But uh, do you think, based on what he's saying here, his shameful, shamefully low vaccination rate do you think maybe he came back from like the the, oh. the summits and uh, yeah and they were like we're looking at you austria oh, you guys right? have a low vaccination yeah. rate and he comes back he's like all right we gotta put we got I, i'm tired of getting yeah back shamed here <laughs> by my counterpart then maybe they announced the country and then the percentage of vaccinated and when he said austria 69 percent, everybody's like <laughs> yeah he's like they're they're like come on guys Biden's got 80%. Right. Even the guy who can't think is beating right? you. The guy who sharted like, in front of the Pope. <laughs> it's like, oh, <laughs> shit. Yeah. So that that's probably a big, big thing there. Just yeah. the, the timing around it. Yeah, that does I sound mean, a little fishy. It does say infection rates are at record levels, which, who knows? If if you're from Austria, let us know. Is this a, is this for real? Are are there surging cases? I mean, I haven't looked up the world cases in a while, but yeah, apparently while. it's it's moving around. I'd be curious to look at it now. Yeah, that we're we're you know, even Norway, in. which I know we have a listener from Norway, and um, hopefully he comments in and, and can confirm some of this stuff. Remember, we said Norway had kind of gotten rid of all their right. procedures, all their yeah. COVID nineteen procedures, and opened everything basically mm-hmm. back up. Well, apparently they are reinstating national measures as the virus surges. Once again, surging viruses. We don't like surging viruses, no, I guess. it's a bad thing. Yes. Norway will introduce or reintroduce nationwide measures to stem surging coronavirus cases, including authorizing towns to use health passes, the government announced on Friday. Hmm. The Nordic country which had lifted all COVID-19 restrictions in late September will also propose a third vaccine dose for people over 18, but will not impose a new lockdown. So they're at least not locking down. The government wants to introduce new national measures to contain contagions. However, we are not talking about confinements or measures as strict as we saw earlier in the pandemic. The new measures include requirement for adults who have been in contact with a positive case to be tested. I mean that's not really that big of deal. Right. Yeah. If if you know you knowingly were in contact with somebody, we're gonna make you get tested and not mm-hmm. go to work. I I can understand that to an extent. Right. I know a lot of workplaces that do that, and I can understand a workplace saying, "Look, um, we had an outbreak here. Mm-hmm. Can you go get tested?" Right. Yeah. And unvaccinated health workers will have to be tested twice a week and wear masks. Local restrictions had reappeared in recent days in Norway with daily cases around 1,500 in a country of 5.4 million people. Hmm. So, I mean, that that seems maybe a little high. Right. Europe is facing sharp deterioration in the epidemic situation, especially in Germany and Central and Eastern Europe. Non-vaccinated people are the most affected. The World Health Organization has warned that Europe is once again the epicenter of the pandemic. Iceland also... Uh, tightened its COVID rules on Friday for the second time since the start of the month after it hit new records in daily infection rates earlier this week. 
As of midnight, public gatherings will be limited to 50 people instead of the previous 500 on the island. Wow. Hmm. Island of some 375,000 inhabitants. So what do you think of all this? What do you think first of Austria uh, imposing lockdowns specifically only to non-vaccinated? Yeah. Well, again, it, it really makes you think about... Again, like you had mentioned, the timing of it mm-hmm. coming after the, the climate change thing in, in Glasgow, like, and then the other, the G twenty, right, and too. then the G twenty, and they're coming out now, and then they're ramping things back up, and they're targeting specifically the unvaccinated. Yeah, you know, our like you said, our friend in uh, in Norway had said that, you know, the 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 Norwegian people are are, you know, pretty compliant with mm-hmm. government like regulations. Yeah. And it actually doesn't say anything about unvaccinated person and people no. in Norway at all. It just says that they're going to be doing. Well, it did say that non-vaccinated healthcare workers will have to get tested. Oh, okay. So gotcha. didn't seem like there was a lot of, like, a, a bunch of pressure. Like Austria right. is putting a lot of force right. and pressure. They're like, uh, well, you guys made your bed. Now you right. you can't. Yeah. Now now you need to have your groceries delivered. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. <clears throat> so. It, 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 but again, the timing of it all seems very fishy to me. Mm-hmm. It does, and I, I'm waiting for us to ramp up some of our well, restrictions I, around here. I'm sure some states, I mean, have never released, you know, back down. You know, you see California, yeah, you know, where they're requiring kids to, you know, be vaccinated to in go order, to school, yeah, yeah, go to school or you know, go out to eat or go to movies or whatever. Right. So, I mean, certain states are, you know ramping things up or keeping things up high whereas other states you know are throwing things out the window yeah. so it just depends on the state you're in unfortunately yeah so if things got really 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 bad and there was like an infection rate of i don't know let's say like 30 percent mm-hmm. and like a death rate or like a hospitalization rate was much higher do you would do we impose stricter things like they're doing there in europe or or what do you think i, I don't think so i mean it's really hard to to point the finger at unvaccinated when again they've proven that that the virus transmits through yeah. the, the vaccinated. But and do you do go through like lockdown measures then? I don't. I don't think so. No. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what my answer would be to that. I, I would say. I mean, I I would say no because I I think of it differently. But I can imagine the the Biden and the Biden administration would probably go there first. Yeah. Yeah, they immediately need to do lockdowns to mm. try to slow the curve. So let's stay in Europe. We got more stuff to talk about coronavirus news because some things happened back here in the States. But while we're in Europe, we might as well stay over in Europe and move a little bit away from that because there's this whole thing going on in on the border of Poland and Belarus. Yes, yeah. And I don't know a whole lot about this. This just all of a sudden popped up, and it's like— yeah. A big thing, a well, big headline. Well, we, we've heard about, I mean, Belarus has kind of been kind of the, the boogeyman over there recently. Really? Um, you know, we, we talked about the uh, the Olympic, uh, was it, um, oh gosh, I don't remember what sport it was, but they were afraid to go back to their... Um, oh, th- that was from Bre- Belarus? Yeah, that was from like, Belarus. Yeah. She, she, like, spoke out against something, and then they yeah. were, like, trying to arrest her. And, and the leader, which they'll mention, his name's Alexander, I think, Lushkin or something like mm. that. Uh, him and Putin are pretty close. Okay, he's basically like a, a maybe a proxy for Putin, and so um, a lot of people think that that he's manipulating the situation to uh, kind of stick it to Europe. So apparently, Belarus is using migrants as a political weapon. Yeah, yeah, like they're sending swaths. Well, I, we might as well use Let's continue use the use of that yes. word since and, and, and La Telegram. <laughs> <laughs> so. This article is from Vox, which I'm not a fan of Vox, but we're going to read from it anyway. It says, uh, Belarus has sent thousands of desperate migrants to its border with Poland in a bid to antagonize the European Union over sanctions imposed last year in the wake of the Belarusian President Alexander Lukashenko. 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 His brutal crackdown on political opponents and protesters. So I, I didn't even really... We never covered this at all but yeah. apparently with his crackdown on his opponents and protesters the eu said eh, we're not right. having this we're gonna impose yeah. these sanctions so this is kind of like a power play for him yeah. so now he's pushing a bunch of migrants to the border mm-hmm. probably to destabilize things exactly 
makes you wonder about our border crisis. Right. That right. makes you start to question when you see things like this and mm-hmm. you see that things are intentional, um, wonder about our border crisis and if things are people mm-hmm. are intentionally being pushed to destabilize our right. our system yeah. here. Which intentionally or unintentionally it will destabilize. Right. It does it destabilize what we got Absolutely. going on. The influx of migrants, which the EU officials say Lukashenko has deliberately provoked as a hybrid attack on the EU, comes at a difficult moment for the EU as the bloc struggles with internal tensions of its own, but has so far resulted in an increasingly unified EU response. New sanctions which could target Belarusian airlines and officials responsible for encouraging the influx of people into the country are set to be imposed on Monday, according to EU officials. And European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen said last week, It is important that Lukashenko understand that the regime's behavior comes with a price. However, it's unclear whether they will deter Belarus which is not an EU member and is sometimes referred to as Europe's last dictatorship, from adding fuel to the existing crisis along Belarus-Poland border. The migrants, between 3,000 and 4,000 people, which is far less than we got sitting at our border, uh, according to Polish authorities, primarily from conflict-torn regions of the Middle East like Iraq, Syria, Yemen, and Afghanistan. So they're just pulling them through and sending them. They're not sending their own migrants. They're sending... All these yeah. people from and, like and, Syria and Belarus, as far as I, I, from what I read, is they're like recruiting people. Mm. They're like, hey, you know, it's safe in Europe. You can get through through here. Come this way. Sounds similar to like some of the uh, mm-hmm. the uh, South Americans yeah. and Latin American countries that are being forced up yeah. this direction. Um, it goes on to say people trying to leave places like Sulaimania. <laughs> Why, why did they do this to me? <laughs> Sulaimania in Iraq, Kur- Kurdistan, Iraqi Kurdistan have received Belarusian visas, bought a ticket on one of the many flights run by the state-operated airline, and headed to Min- Min- Minsk, Minsk, <laughs> Belarus's capital, where some have been housed in government-run hotels, according to the New York Times. So, yeah, they are, like, mm-hmm. completely on board with this. They are the ones... They're buying them tickets. Mm-hmm. They are putting them up in state-ran hotels. They are yeah. giving them Belarusian visas. Yeah. I mean, it's welcome welcome here to go there. Right. It's like, everybody is welcome. Let's go on this journey together. Now yeah. get the fuck up over to Poland. Right. But far from providing humanitarian aid and safe haven for migrants, the Lukashenko regime is pushing them towards the borders of Poland, Latvia, and Lithuania in an attempt to put pressure on the EU to lift sanctions on the nation. Belarus has also taken direction, direct action to make things harder for its EU neighbors. The New York Times reports that the Belarusian security forces have provided migrants with instructions on crossing the border and tools like wire cutters and axes to break down border fences. On Saturday, Belarusian journalist Tadeusz Gis- Gikzan tweeted that Belarusian forces were attempting to destroy fences at the Polish border and using lasers and flashlights to temporarily blind and confuse Polish soldiers stationed there in an attempt to help migrants get across the border. I've never been confused by a flashlight shot right. shown in my yeah, face. I, I don't know about like, the Polish uh, Polish border <laughs> patrol, but it's like, oh, a light. What do I do? Where am I? What do I do? What's going on? <laughs> No, it's just like, oh, that's a fucking light. Yeah. And then you think that would give their position away. Right, yeah. yeah. I, I'm pretty sure that would do the opposite is what I would think. And, I mean, it's probably some, must be some bright-ass flashlights, but still. Yeah. Despite Belarusian efforts to force migrants into neighboring EU countries, the vast majority of those currently at the border are stuck there with little protection from the elements. And it's cold as shit out there. Yeah, sounds familiar, though. Right. Sounds like the Mexican border, yeah. the U.S.-Mexico border, yeah. where they're out in the hot elements the all summer yeah. and just stuck there. Mm-hmm. says, as winter sets in, migrants are sleeping in tents, often in inadequate clothing and supplies, and EU countries are thus far refusing them entry. Already at least nine people have died, some estimate even higher, and conditions could still wor- worsen as winter sets in. What does he, uh, Lukashenko, hope to accomplish? It says, despite the severity of the humanitarian crisis unfolding at Belarus's border, Lukashenko aims 
appear to be primarily political. The strongman president desperately wants to bring the EU to negotiating table over sanctions imposed after he was fraudulently reelected last year and forced the bloc to again recognize him as the country's legitimate leader. And I'm not going to read all the rest of yeah. this, but we kind of got an idea of what's going on there. What do you think? Do you think? Yeah, I, I like I said, I, from what I've read, you know, they they think that uh, you know that there could be some military conflict going into mm-hmm. this. Um, well, I I think uh, I read that Russia is accusing is saying that there's allied forces building up in Belarus or in in Poland over right. this. Yeah. Uh, along the borders, and right. so who, who knows? Actually, Which Poland is asking NATO to come into this and mm-hmm. and advise. So advise, I mean, quote unquote. Right. So can you come in with your big heavy guns yeah, right. and advise the situation right. here? So Putin's not off. Mm-mm. He's not, and this is going this is going to be another Cold War type mm-hmm. scenario, another standoff. Here we yeah. got the standoff in China. Mm-hmm. China's threatening Australia because Australia. I mean, it's like a big worldwide soap opera. It is. Australia yeah. said told said recently that if the U.S. does attack China over Taiwan, then obviously Australia is going to have their back. Right. And China says, you know what? If you do that, we're going to attack you even harder. Right. And is it worth the trade off for Taiwan? Is basically what so, they said. So they were going to attack Australia be- anyways, but now they're going to attack them even harder. Yeah, <laughs> you're going to attack them so right, hard. Right. <laughs> it's going to be the hardest attacking they've ever experienced. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the the Chinese leadership there said, you know, is it worth the trade? Right. Are you got? I, I think they were even saying to the U.S., are you willing to trade Taiwan for yeah. Australia? And <laughs> I mean, we got so we got that yeah. kind of Cold War scenario. We talked about that a couple weeks ago, and now we got this uh, EU versus seemingly Russia right. yeah. Cold War scenario, which Russia and China are bed buddies, and so it's yeah. like. Hitting it on both sides. Yeah, it's almost like the Cold War all over again. It is. With Russia and the communists and all that stuff that yeah. we thought we were done with. Yep. But it never ends. So. so let's move back home. I guess we got to talk more about COVID stuff. Ugh. We talked last week. I think we mentioned last week how the, the federal courts. Um, yeah. They, they we did uh, briefly. Put a temporary halt on the vaccine ma- mandate for th- that Biden came out with with OSHA and all that stuff, and they're like, "Yeah, that kind of doesn't seem very constitutional." So we're going to put a halt mm-hmm. on this, and they're like, "It's going to be a temporary halt through like the end of next week, which is this past week, and we'll let them make their case." Well, apparently they made their case this week because federal court appeals court like continued right. that halt this week as of a couple days ago it says the federal appeal, appeals court halts Biden's administration vaccine requirement delivering a policy delivering the policy a major blow so it starts out saying the man, mandate imposes a financial burden upon them by deputizing their participation in OSHA's regulatory scheme i got to pull this up Exposes them to severe financial risk if they refuse. We talked about like what, like four hundred thousand right. dollar. Yeah, it was a big one. It was, it was huge, and that was probably per incident. That's usually oh, yeah. how OSHA works. Is right. it's a fine per incident, and where it's or like accumulating it like builds yeah, as it goes, like every day yeah. that they don't comply. Yeah, says so exposes them to severe financial risk if they refuse or fail to comply, and threatens to decimate their workforce and business prospects by forcing unwilling employees to take their shots, take their tests, or hit the road, they wrote. The New Orleans-based Five Circuit or Fifth Circuit is considered one of the country's most conservative appeals courts. Vaccine mandate was released by the Biden administration last week after weeks of deliberation. It says private employers with more than 100 employees must require staff to get vaccinated. We know all that stuff. We've talked about it plenty of times. Even though the testing option makes it softer than many of the requirements instituted by private companies and state municipal governments, it has faced strong blowback from a chorus of conservative groups, businesses, and mostly Republican officials. I don't think it's just Republicans, though. Yeah, no, it's not. It's It's not. A lot of independents are saying the same thing. It's anybody who doesn't want the state to mandate stuff. The court halted the policy scheduled to take effect January 4th, 
and ordered OSHA not to take further steps to implement or enforce the mandate. It's not clear whether the Fifth Circuit will determine the fate of the mandate. The Biden administration had asked the Fifth Circuit to hold off on ruling until judicial lottery can take place next week to consolidate several challenges to the mandate before a single appeals court. Federal officials spent weeks hammering out the policy, aware of the high number of legal challenges it would face, but believing that the order was well within the Labor Department's powers to keep workplaces free of grave dangers in times of emergencies. Yep. So they're upholding it. And again, this is just appeals court, so this will probably most likely go to the Supreme Court after this. I'm sure it's just not going to to be dead at this Mm -hmm. point. And... But this is obviously a major setback for right. Biden's administration. Yeah. I mean, they got this January 4th deadline coming up quick yeah. in, what, two months from now? Yeah. Less than two months. And they're already saying, hey, let's let's get this ball rolling. And a lot of companies have already started right. saying, hey, your, your last day here is December whatever. Right. Even though this mandate doesn't take effect Please. until yeah. January 4th. Yeah. And so, I, I know a lot of people that are—, are scrambling trying to get you know whatever whatever medical Mm -hmm. exemptions or religious exemptions they can to get it out of it so it doesn't matter that the federal appeals court said this because apparently after last week the temporary pause right the white house said no keep keep doing what you're doing And, and i could see the white house you know or biden or whatever it is be like look it's temporary this thing's going to be overturned in a week, so just keep going on with trying to get things going. But now that there's more of a permanent ban on it, I would think that they'd have to be like, "All right, hold on, hold on, let's try, let's rewrite this, let's restructure, you but, know, and try to fall within the confines of the constitution." Look at the um, the ban on the eviction moratorium. Right. The federal courts came out and said, "No, you can't ban evictions or whatever. Right. You can't prevent." Privately, uh, private owning landlords from evicting people, and the administration came out and they're like, "Now we're just going to keep doing it, and let's, right. let's just keep this thing rolling a, a little bit longer." And yeah. it's just like they don't care really about yeah. court mandates anymore or court orders because they're just like, "No, just just keep it going. So, they're, they're, it's fine. Keep it going." And so Biden's pushing these these companies to do it right, but mm-hmm. states can come out right, and mm-hmm. states can be like. This is a no-go here. Yeah. And, and if a national company wants to do business there, they could be like, that's fine. We're going to fine you. Yeah. So you can, you know, you can drop employees, but we're going to fine you for it. And so it would be up to the states to kind of stand up then at that point and decide. And they are. A lot of oh, states are. are stepping I, up. And I've got a story about the military, about the a state national guard that's stepping up against yeah. it. And they're like, uh, because the Pentagon's come out with their own vaccine mandates. Mm-hmm. And that includes state national guards. So the federal Pentagon that runs the federal military is mandating that the state national guards are are yeah. falling under this. And one state's like, "Fuck no, you're not. You're not doing that." Yeah. And I'll get into that. But I, I first wanted to mention um, a little more about uh, the White House and them telling businesses to just keep going with this vaccine mandate, even after the federal government said, right. "Hey, we're going to pause this for a bit," because I think. To look like you're following things constitutionally, because the the whole point is to be like, hey, how can we find a constitutional way around this? And, right. And I, yeah, that, that's been the Biden administration mo is like, hey, let's find the loophole here. Yeah, but you think if they're trying, if they're really di- grass mat straws for loopholes, they want to be like, nah, just keep, just ignore that that mm. federal court mandate because we're going to keep do- doing this. That, yeah. I mean, that's all that's going to do is put yeah. more more eyeballs on him saying, hey, what you're doing is unconstitutional even more now so than it was before. Yeah, absolutely. So this says White House on Monday said businesses should move forward with President Joe Biden's vaccine and testing testing requirements for private businesses despite a federal appeals court ordering a temporary halt to the rules. People should not wait. White House uh, Deputy Press Secretary Karen Jean Pierre told reporters during a briefing because Jen Psaki's out with COVID. Did she was, yes. Isn't I, she back now? I, I'm not sure. Oh, okay. I just I didn't even know that until Brian McWilliams last week was just oh, like okay. had had brought it up. I'm like, oh shit, I didn't know that. Hmm. Says they should continue to move forward and make sure they're gathering their workplace vaccinated. Uh, 
The U.S. Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit, considered one of the most conservative appellate courts in the country, halted requirements Saturday pending a review, writing that the petitions give cause to believe there are grave statutory and constitutional issues with the mandate. Republican attorneys general in Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, South Carolina, and Utah, as well as several companies, requested the pause. They argue the requirement exceed the authority of the Occupational Safety and Health Administration, which will enforce the mandates and amount to an unconstitutional delegation of power to the executive branch by Congress. In its response Monday evening, the Biden administration asked the court to lift the pause, dismissing the states and companies' claims of harm as premature, given that the deadlines for the vaccination and testing are not until January. Administration claimed that pausing the requirement would likely cost dozens or even hundreds of lives per day. No. Per day. The Labor and Justice Department also argued that OSHA acted within its authority as established by Congress. The court ordered pause came a day after the requirements went into effect, starting the countdown for businesses with 100 or more employees to ensure their staff have received the shots required for full vaccination by January 4th. After that day, unvaccinated workers must submit a negative COVID-19 test weekly to enter the workplace. All unvaccinated workers must start wearing masks indoors at workplaces starting December 5th. I did not know that. Hmm, Me neither. So unvaccinated are now mandated regardless of what business. If they're in 100 or more employees, then they have to wear masks too. Yeah. Republican attorney general at least— in at least 26 states have challenged Biden's vaccine and testing requirements in five different U.S. appeals courts since last Friday. The Republican National Committee said it has also challenged requirements in D.C. Court of Appeals. It's unclear which court will ultimately decide the case. When multiple petitions are filed in at least two courts, the cases are consolidated in one of those courts through a lottery system. That's the lottery system that they're re- referring right. to. Okay. So they're going to stick the two courts in a hat and pick which court oh, wins, okay. probably. All right. Justice Department said in a filing Monday that the lottery is expected to take place around November 16th. The Tuesday. Biden, yeah, I was going to say that's in a couple days. The Biden administration, in its response Monday, said the courts should not rule until the jurisdiction for the consolidated case has been selected. Because they're probably going to pressure oh, that lottery sure. system. It's just like, yes. yeah, um, you need to draw this Yeah. This district court yeah out of the hat yeah i don't care what you got to do but this is the one you need like wait a minute second 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 (laughs) second (laughs) david vladek a professor of law at georgetown university said there's high probability that the case will end up before the supreme court that's what i said right i agree with that and where do you think the supreme court takes this do you think i mean it's predominantly conservative we got amy comey barrett and we've got um uh, what's the other guy's name? That um, yeah, the um, I can't oh, think. Gosh, that one guy. Yes, that the, conservative that guy. guy. Yes. The guy that Kavanaugh. Yeah. Kavanaugh. Kavanaugh. Yeah, there you go, Brett yeah. Kavanaugh. Uh, you know, I, I I hate to say it, but I think they they would rule for the mandates. You think so? I do because they've already come out and said that there's president for it, even though it's shitty president. The president's yeah. still there. Yeah. So I. And they've been in a habit of disappointing conservatives for the last year. So, I, yeah, I, I think they're going to roll for it. Yeah, hopefully not. I mean, but they'll probably put a you know a caveat in saying you know that medical or religious exemptions are fine. I'm sure. And then everybody like they are now is going to run out for mm-hmm. their medical or religious exemptions. Right. So, um, do you think this goes further? I I heard on another podcast. I think it was Tim Pool's podcast that. Um, they were trying to find ways to implement it for even a hundred or less employees. So, like every business, do you think it goes there? No, I don't do see that happening. I, I think that'd be too difficult. And again, I I can see, you know, different states implementing their own caveats that would kind of limit the power there. Yeah. So, it, it's hard when you throw OSHA in the mix. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I mean, what what do you think? I mean, do, do you think that Biden's overreaching? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking do. I think I made that pretty clear. Yeah. I think his whole presidency has been oh, overreaching. Yeah, I mean that since day one. And his whole um hey, let's let's you guys need to continue doing this shit, even though the, yeah. the federal court right. said this. Keep going because we're gonna get this thing through. Yeah. And then the majority of businesses will probably already mandate it by mm-hmm. the time the federal courts come out and said you can't do well, this. That's what he's hoping for. Yeah, and then They'll most of them, them will already be on board with yeah. this and already be implementing this stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, then, then from there, 
they don't really need federal order right. or not because, like I said before, a lot of these companies are already doing this before yeah. this mandate – before it was even signed into effect, we were right. hearing of businesses that were yeah. like, uh, you know – this is your last day of employment unless you get vaccinated. Mm -hmm. And it's like they're just rolling over on this shit. So oh, yeah. all he has to do is make the threats, and then people comply, and then it gets knocked down by the courts. And it's like, well, everybody already complied, so who right. gives a fuck? But, I mean, you and I know from being on job sites that nobody follows OSHA regulations. No. <laughs> I do know that. So, I mean, and, and with all the jobs you've been on, how many times have you seen an OSHA representative on a job? Um. It depends on what kind of job it it is. Yeah. Like manufacturing jobs tend to get OSHA a lot. When I worked right. in a factory, we had OSHA inspections like okay. annually, I think. We had yeah. and our company was our always sucking OSHA's dick and we were always going above and beyond. We'd shut yeah. down for like a couple days to get everything, mm -hmm. make sure everything was up to snuff. And I I think I talked to you about it when we first started talking about this was that company had like well, OSHA had like a 50-pound weight limit for that you had to use this hoist, this mm -hmm. like hydraulic hoist thing that would counter the weight on its own. Well, this company is like, we're going to take this one step further and mandate that 35 pounds or less or 35 pounds or more you had to use these lifts. Well, these lifts were made for 50 pounds or more to counter that balance. Right. So you stuck this lift, this hoist in, and it would just like yank it out of your arm because it was counterbalanced for 50, 50 or more pounds. And it's just like, you're kind of making this even more dangerous. Right, it's yeah. going to rip my arm out of socket or smack me in the face because you want to suck OSHA's dick and, right. and look like you're doing things above and beyond what yeah. OSHA wants. So, And then the other place where I saw him a couple times was when – I did work at the airport when I was working for my last company. We were doing um, the internet wiring at the airport, and they they seemed to come around a, a couple times there, yeah. probably because it's a big mm -hmm. big job like the airport. So yeah, so yeah. I mean, other than that, I haven't really seen OSHA around too many I, jobs. You know, doing what I do for the last twenty some years, I've never had OSHA out on a yeah, job. Yeah, I think it's more like a manufacturing yeah. where yeah. people are in the same conditions over and over right. and over. Yeah regulating that type of shit. So the manufacturing industry will take the biggest hit out of all of yes, this. Yes, which is already hurting, mm -hmm. and we see that with the supply lines. Yes. So, great. Let's let's add to that. Oh, yeah. Well, that's what Biden does. <laughs> but I brought up, we're running out of time, I brought up um, how one of the states was pushing back against the, the mandates in the military and the National Guard, and mm -hmm. that was Oklahoma. Oklahoma has fired their commander of the National Guard and brought in a new guy, and one of the first things he said is, we ain't doing that shit. Right. Because Oklahoma's governor was not for that, so mm -hmm. he wanted to... Uh, I mean, they didn't say this, but it seems like he wanted to bring in somebody, right. a commander that would go along with this, right. and say, no, we're not we're not implementing this, because the previous one was pro-vaccine mandates. Right, okay. And so they got rid of him, brought in this guy, and the first thing he says is, not doing it. Yeah. This is a state thing, not a federal thing. So this one article is from Zero Hedge. It says, Oklahoma's National Guard goes rogue after new commander rejects the vaccine mandate. They go rogue. That just makes it sound. It does sound a little bit badass. Yes. The Pentagon said they're going to respond appropriately. What does that mean? The Biden administration is having another bad week. One day before an appeals court upheld a stay against... Biden's vaccine or test requirement for private businesses, Oklahoma's National Guard rescinded the Pentagon's requirement that service members receive the vaccine. On Wednesday, Oklahoma Governor Kevin uh, Stitt announced Ar Army Brigadier General Thomas Messino as the state's new adjutant general, replacing Army Major General Michael Thompson, a vaccine advocate who was previously scheduled to transfer command to Messino in January 15th of 2022. So it was already supposed to be right. He just transferring power. Kind of rushed it. Yeah, the governor's like, no, nah, let's do this now. Yeah, you know what? We, we enjoy your service and everything, but I think we're done. Yes. <laughs> says, Mancino's first order of business, a memo formally rescinding the COVID-19 vaccine requirement for guardsmen. He says, no Oklahoma guardsmen will be required to take the COVID-19 vaccine. It, it reads that Governor Stitt is the force's lawful commander-in-chief when not mobilized by the federal government. And I agree. The National Guard belongs to the state. They're yeah. the state National right. Guards. Right. So 
they're not a federal mm-hmm. military entity. They are the states, each right. individual state's military. And the federal government can mobilize them, like send them to die in Iraq and stuff, right. as they tend to do. But while they're not mobilized, they are under the direct orders right. of the, the governor. The says no negative administrate. Administrative or legal action will be taken against guardsmen who refuse the COVID-19 vaccine. Goes on to say, uh, when reached for comment, the Pentagon said they would respond appropriately to the memo. We are aware of the memo issued by Oklahoma's adjutant general regarding COVID vaccination for guardsmen and the governor's letter requesting exemption. We will respond to the governor appropriately, Pentagon spokesman John Kirby told Axios in a statement, adding that that said Secretary Austin believes that a vaccine vaccinated force is a more ready force. That is why he has ordered mandatory vaccines for the total force. And that includes our National Guard, who contributes significantly to national missions at home and abroad. Stitt had previously requested that the Department of Defense not enforce the mandate on the state's Army and Air National Guard members. In a November 2nd letter cited by Mancino, Stitt said that 10% of the state's troops had refused the vaccine and that the mandate was irresponsible, according to Army Times. Although National Guard troops do belong to their governors when not mobilized by the Pentagon, federal requirements often supersede any state uses of the Guard as Senior leaders often emphasize. That sounds like, remember Jen Psaki's mm-hmm. like, now we know, we yeah. know, as we know, <laughs> federal law supersedes state right. law. Right. As we know. As we know. That's because the vast majority of the Guard funding, training, and equipment come from the federal government. Well, just cut off that federal funding and just go state-funded military, right. I guess. Yeah. It's not yet clear whether the order will jeopardize that funding. Title 32, the section of the U.S. Code that pertains to the National Guard, includes a section specifying that the state that do not comply with Title 32 regulations forfeit their federal funding for the Guard. It's not clear, though, whether the vaccine mandate meets that legal threshold. The state administration is confident that they have the authority to defy the Biden administration, as top spokesman Charlie Hanama told the Army Times that the only way Oklahoma would forfeit any federal funding for failing to comply with Title 32 would be to ignore the lawful order of the duly elected uh, civilian authority, the governor of Oklahoma. That's the only way they're going Mm -hmm. to lose the federal funding is if the National Guard ignores the governor because he's in charge of them. Right. Says National Guard Bureau spokesperson, Air Force Major... Matthew Murphy begged to differ, telling Stars and Stripes that the vaccine mandate was a legal gray area that would have to be reviewed by our lawyers. This is where the differences between Title 32 and Title 10 become. I guess we should know these titles. Yeah, I mean, we should. He is a lawyer, but he's yeah. We're supposed to know all all states' titles. Uh, Becomes an issue in most instances. The guardsmen are in their Title 32 capacity, which means they're on state duty in order to be federalized they have to be on title 10 as we said not a great week for the biden administration so what do you think when the pentagon comes out and says we're gonna respond appropriately what do you think what do you think that means are yeah, they going well, i yeah I, I think they're going to you know try to put pressure on them to cut funding or you know i mean could they could they Call in the the Oklahoma National Guard. So I was going to say, can they nationalize? Yeah. Right, the... nationalize them and then vac- vaccinate them or require them to be vaccinated while they're under federal control. It's like, hey, let's uh, start this quick war yeah. over in Belarus. Right, right, yeah. And call in. Hey, we're gonna we're gonna let's do, do a lottery. Yeah, we're gonna yeah. do a lottery of which National Guards we're gonna pull from. It'd be like a spin. Like the wheel, and you see Oklahoma, 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 <laughs> yeah. Oklahoma. Oh, look, it looks like Oklahoma. So we're going to pull like 1% from each state, and then we're going to pull the rest of it from o- – oh, Oklahoma's got – oh, we'll just go with Oklahoma. Yeah, They're right. good. Yeah. And then we send them to Belarus. Yeah. We get them all vaccinated before they go, and then right. we bring – actually, actually, things aren't that bad in Belarus. So go ahead and go home. You're yeah, fine. Right. Yeah. Our mistake. Yeah. Our mistake. Yeah, I I could see them pulling some kind of yeah. power trip like that because uh, yeah. that's what that, the federal government well, enjoys. Yeah, and, and that's what the army does or the military does. Yeah, you know, and, especially on the on, you know, the joint chiefs. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's what they do. 
is they it's a pissing contest oh, oftentimes. Yeah, yeah. It it definitely is. And then as I mentioned, the Biden administration already sees the federal authority mm-hmm. as overpowering oh, yeah. right. to any state authority. It's because, like divine right. Yeah. It, as you know, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what the states say, we supersede the states. So so war game this out. Is there any situation that Biden pushes the vaccine so hard that the states, any of the states are like, you know what, fuck this? I think so. Yeah. I think states, well, I mean, Oklahoma's the first one that their military, their own military is getting involved. Yeah. You don't hear about this. And yeah. most of them are like, nah, we're not going to impose this. We're going to, we're going to fight this. But Oklahoma has taken direct steps to put people in power of the military to say the military is not doing this this is right. our military and that divide that's already causing a divide of the mm-hmm. states when we're saying rightfully so saying no this is our military this yeah. isn't your military this is our state state military and so i could see it getting that far i could see yeah. um the federal taking appropriate actions right like more <laughs> Uh, enforcing actions or somehow firing those generals that are in those positions. I mean, can the federal government fire? I mean, they fire generals all the time on, right. on in the regular military. Right. Can they fire National Guard generals? Yeah, I don't. I don't know what the the military code of or, justice is I, for that. They, they come out. They could come out and be like, "Hey, you stick around here. Your uh, your VA." Is gone right. out the window. Oh yeah, absolutely. Your retirement is out the window. Your yeah. your uh, medical VA medical is out the window. It's all gone. Yeah. I mean, you you want to fall under your state? Yeah. That's fine. All this federal money that goes through the VA, yeah. you can forget about that shit. I yeah. mean, they do hold a lot of power they over do. it. What? Yeah. I mean, good on the the state for mm-hmm. for stepping up like this, but I think. They can really put pressure on individuals in those higher positions, especially in the military. Right. Put some serious pressure on yeah. them. And be like, "How bad do you want to fight this fight? Right. Is this worth? Is this the hill you want to die yeah, on right. here? Is this worth your retirement? Yeah, I mean, you put in twenty five years in this. Do you want to throw yeah. all that away? I mean, yeah, you'll still be a general in the Oklahoma National Guard, but right. as far as any um, benefits that right. come from the federal level, you can kiss those goodbye. Right. And I think a lot of those generals that have been kissing ass for 25 years would probably be like, I don't think I want this anymore. Right, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I want to push through with this. Yeah. Which you got to take aside a at some point. Yeah, You've got to yeah. um, stand up for that mm-hmm. thing that you believe that hard for and say, you know what, I, I'll be okay without this federal right. benefits. Because that's that's the problem with all this big government, federal like pumping money into, but we talked about it with like PPP. It's just right. like they're putting that much more pressure on you to comply to right. them. It's Absolutely. like, do you want this money that's been keeping you alive for yeah. so long? It's like when we allow so much federal aid and mm-hmm. uh, federal subsidy into our lives, just yeah. being injected into it, then they just have that much more control. Right. Where when you don't agree with them, yeah, you can't turn around and say, "Fuck that, I'm not doing that," because they'll be like, "Well, there's your livelihood that." Yeah. You've been dependent on us for X amount of time. Yeah. Kiss that goodbye. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. It. Yeah. I mean, it's. I mean, if the if the federal government wanted to put a screws to the state, I mean, it'd be very easy to do. Oh, it. absolutely. So there's a lot of federal funding going to the states. Mm-hmm. A lot of federal funding, obviously, going to the National Guard. There. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it. The states have to step up though, and say. You, you're not going to do this, regardless of what threats mm-hmm. the federal government puts on them, because otherwise they're just going to keep pushing further oh, yeah, and further. And that's that's yeah. just what they do. They're like, hey, we right. got away with this. Yeah, let's do it again. Yep. But now let let's take it a step further. Yeah. That's all the time we have for this week. We are over our hour as usual. Yes. We got to get out of here. What do you think of all this shit that's going on? People are pushing back, which is great. It is great that people are pushing back. I agree. But how far are they willing to actually push? Is That's it all lip service? Right. Is it all to get national attention? I, I don't think so. I, I think that, um, you know, as we've said before, this this is a hill to die on, mm-hmm. you know, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Yeah. So when the government tries to start same. mandating what you can do, can and can't do with your, your body or, or health issues, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's an issue to push back on. 
Yeah, yeah, and I'm hoping other states follow. Yeah. I'm hoping federal courts follow mm-hmm. and uphold some of this stuff, and we'll see where it goes. But, I mean, put things back in place where it's supposed to be. Right. Keep the executive branch from overreaching into yeah. the other branches and saying, yeah, you know what, the, these orders, I'm, I don't care. We're, yeah. we're just going to keep doing it. Things need to be put back in check. That's yeah. what the checks and balances were for, mm-hmm. created for. We need to get them back in check. Absolutely. And that's going to take people actually pushing back and saying, we're not doing this. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily because we don't believe in vaccines, but because we don't believe in your freaking bullshit federal overreach. Yeah. And I think that's the majority, not even necessarily the majority, but a good portion is not anti-vaxxers. It's people that are like, you can't freaking do that. What yeah. are you talking about? Right. Like. <laughs> That so far out of your scope of authority mm-hmm. here. You can't do that. And other people are like, oh, the president yeah. has every right to oh, do yeah. this. It, it's for the good of the national health. Yeah, so he yeah. has every right to do it. Let's get out of here. Make sure you check us out all over social media. Facebook, Twitter. Podbean. Yeah, that's our, our podcasting site. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's a new one. There's a new MySpace that came out. Oh, it's yeah, called yeah, yeah. I saw Space that. Hey. We are Space on there. Hey. Are we? We are on there now. So check it out. Check it out. It is like old school MySpace. I yeah. need to get more into it and see what it's all about. But it looks like the original OG fa- uh, MySpace. That's funny. It is as clunky as the original OG MySpace was, and I am so excited for it. So <laughs> check us out there. We are at spacehey.com forward slash. Break the Bell Pod, just like our handles everywhere else. So you can find us there. Um, Move over there. Check it out because it sounds like a fun place to hang out. So Check us out live tomorrow, 7 o'clock. 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. I think we're going to talk about the trial. What's his name? Rittenhouse. Rittenhouse trial. We're going to dig into that because there's some crazy shit with that whole thing. So (laughs) I think we're going to talk about the Kyle Rittenhouse trial and everything surrounding it. We brought it up before back Mm. in the day, but... The trial is ongoing right now, so let's talk about it. 7 p.m. Central Standard Time tomorrow night. That is Monday night if you're listening to this in the future. Just like every Monday night, check us out live. Otherwise, we're going to get out of here for this week. Have a great rest of your weekend. Go do something awesome because you should. You should. Peace. Goodbye. The Break the Bell podcast is brought to you by you. So pat yourself on the back because without you, we would be talking to ourselves. A special thanks to our Patreon members, Justin Zielinski, Remzo Martinez, Stephanie Parker, and T.O. Jacobson. A shout-out to our sponsors, Run Your Mouth Coffee, the On The Run Podcast, and Goulash Media. If you'd like to help support us, visit patreon.com slash breakthebell or buy our garbage at breakthebell.bigcartel.com. Get back here next week and let us continue to invade your ear holes And as always, never stop talking.